said, welcome to episode 355 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I can in my allotment and modern victory garden. Today is, oh, what is the day? I forgot actually. The 29th of July 2020 and it's a Wednesday. And it's going to be the last Wednesday podcast due to the new setup we have starting next week. But I'm finishing off on a high. I'm here. He's been on the podcast quite a few times now. A few weeks ago, we were in your garden, and it's Stephen Tyser. Stephen, welcome back. No, good to, good to have you back here, Richard. Yeah. Now, I've came up to your allotment today. Last time I was here, which I think was the back end of last year. We've been, yeah, September time. Yeah. You said to me, you never come here when it's summer. <laughs> <laughs> so we've made a point this year, we're actually coming here when it's summer. We're going to have a, a bit of a wander around again and uh, see what we can spy. So tell me a bit about what's been going on on your allotment. Well, it's all a bit different this year. Um, and as, as you can see, it's, it's still looking slightly bare, I guess. Um, and I'm always saying when you've come previous times, oh, you should come in summer because this plot is absolutely full of stuff. Um, <laughs> But of course, as we've been through on previous podcasts, I've now got the garden where we've got a lot of vegetables and a bit of fruit growing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've still got the allotment because this is where all the big stuff is. Um, but of course, the big stuff has gone, the potatoes, the onions have all been harvested. So I, I feel a bit, a bit of a fraud because I've been promising so much in here. <laughs> <laughs> but but it shows how it's changing how my ideas are changing for this plot and and i see it very much as this is where we're going to grow our big overwinter vegetables cabbages and things yeah but our our big bulk stable crops like onions potatoes um because now suddenly we've got a lot of extra space we've got the the carrots the beans and the beetroot the smaller things all at home yeah so what you're basically saying this is going to be the area that basically the plants can look after themselves a bit more than what you would have at home from what you're like, gathering. Because at one point, I think when they came up last time, you said you were thinking about taking on another another plot up here. And I said to you earlier, is that still going to happen? And you went, no. No, it's, it's amazing how everyone's life has changed this year, really, hasn't yeah. it? And plans have, have completely gone different. In a way, I have got another plot because I've now got the garden. Yeah. Um, and but yeah we just don't need it now um i think if we did get another plot we could probably fill it <laughs> but whether we'd find enough time <laughs> to look yeah. after it I, I don't know so we're happy with just one and, and the garden just one in the garden now we'll start we'll, we'll have a little wander around we're starting in what <laughs> you said to me don't talk about this side but i'm mentioning it anyway because it's it's what i call a scruffy corner and i've got a, a scruffy corner on my allotment it's the compost bins the the bits of waste that i just Every, everyone has it don't they it does <laughs> but it, i think you know you were a bit embarrassed by it i got the impression <laughs> but i think everyone has it so we've got to acknowledge it and i think that's important for everyone to hear i, I think this is what allotments are about really because you 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 find materials that are cheap or free and, and you use what you can use and you have these corners where you might not need to use something for 12 months but on the 13th month suddenly you, you know you do whereas in the garden you want it to look nice yeah um so so yeah so i'm, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so now, the strawberries, they were here last time. You've got a, a square about two metres by two metres. Quite a few strawberries, all looking actually quite healthy, full of lots of green, lush foliage. Yeah. But 
no strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's such a shame because last year we had loads and loads and I've extended the bed this year. Um, but as you can see, we've got trees which are still overshadowing that bed. I cut those back a, a lot this year. Uh, so they were really overshadowing it and putting it in shade. They got no water. Uh, I can only assume they, they just didn't like that. But now they're starting to sort of grow back. So, so hopefully next year um, we should get the fruit. I mean, I can see the odd one or two strawberries and the odd few flowers. Did you give it a good feed? Let's see my next question. Um, I don't think I did this year, no. Might have needed a bit of a Possibly, tomato yeah. feed. This, uh, just a, just you, a thought. Well, you might be very right, because looking at some of those leaves, they're going slightly yellow, some of those, which would make me think they're, yeah. they're a bit deficient in something. So, so yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, courgettes, you've got a couple of courgette plants, which they're looking nice and, nice and big and healthy. Quite a few flowers, but I can't see any courgettes on there at the moment. No, none I can see there today, but um, we did pick a few at the weekend, so give, right. it, give it another few days and we'll be back again. Right. Well, moving on from that, you had this raspberry patch. You, this was here last year and the time I came before that as well, if I remember right. Yeah. This is always, this has been inherited actually. We, we've, we've reduced it in size over a year and we're happy with what we've got. Yeah, yeah. If I remember right, you did have a bigger raspberry patch at one point didn't you yeah yeah and you've removed those and made it smaller how how has that helped you out by making it smaller um well less raspberries to eat really because <laughs> i'm the only person in the house that eats them oh, right. <laughs> so right. so that was part of the thing but also they um well not high maintenance but we get a lot of bindweed that goes in between and that's a full-time job to keep that down so uh, so this is a lot lot nicer sort of manageable size yeah. and, and, and we've picked a huge number from this this year yeah yeah i mean raspberries i do find them difficult to try and keep weeded down because yeah. they're quite difficult to get down on the on the base now you mentioned earlier you have quite a few bear patches and i can see this one here now your your allotment is only about five meters wide so this is probably about four meters long or four meters wide and a meter and a half long so why is this empty um because this was all full of onions and shallots up to about a month ago they're now all dried and stored for us to to use throughout the year um so i'm undecided what's going back in here just yet right yeah no that makes sense because i've got exactly the same reason yeah. on my allotment so i'll let you off for that one yeah. <laughs> the next thing that will go in will be be compost yeah um yeah rotted down um compost yeah will layer up quite a bit ready for to put sunk in later on in the year yeah and then parsnips now you were saying you've had a bit of trouble with parsnips this year well yes and no parsnips at home have, have been fantastic both ones we direct sowed and and ones we sort of started off in toilet tubes but i did sow four rows here because of the success at home and as you can see, there's about half a row, maybe, yeah. that's come up. So um, I'm not too sure why why that happened. I guess sometimes it does. Yeah, I, th I think this year a lot of people have been reporting to me that they've had real troubles getting anything growing, which seems weird when so many of us have, have either had a lot of time on our hands or even at the weekends, people have, 
who who are still working have had more time on their hands because there's nothing else to do. But I think we've had the weather-wise this year, it's been so dry for so long, and when we have had rain, it's becoming bucketfuls. I think it's just caused a lot of problems with with these part well, parsnips and potatoes particularly. Well, I think it was very dry early on in the year when it really needs to be wet. Yeah, and now it should be really hot <laughs> it's been really wet and cold <laughs> yeah yeah now moving on from that i've now moving on from that i can see we've got four cucumber plants now you've done something quite interesting with this usually many people grow cucumber plants up a, a cane or up a piece of netting but you've actually got a type of chicken wire and you've put it around the cucumber plants yeah um I, I, I probably saw somebody else do that, I must admit. Yeah. Um, but we had the, the wire fencing laying around, so I thought I'd give it a try. Because I, I kind of thought if the cucumbers are on the ground, they get eaten by slugs or just get, you know, rots with, with damp and stuff. So we did it last year and, and did it again this year. They just climb up and you know, that one needs a bit of help because it's falling down, but we're, <laughs> we sort that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I like this idea of just wrapping the chicken wire around the plant and letting the cucumber find its way around that chicken wire. But what I also like about it, as you know, I've got chickens at home. And I've seen that and I'm thinking that might stop the chickens from eating more and more of my stuff as well. It's, it's very low maintenance. Right. Because you know, we haven't tied anything up. Yeah. We have just let it sort of find its own way. And you know, some of them are sort of escaping out, but we can... You know, push them back in and they just sort themselves out so we're not having to look after it they just sort themselves out yeah i like i do like that idea i've never seen anybody grow them like that before but i think i'll be adopting that myself it looks so so easy now we come across your current bushes and they're looking nice and full of plenty of foliage but i can't see much fruit that's because we picked it uh-huh. <laughs> we've had so much off of these bushes they're black currants and red currants and um, we've made so much jam from it this year yeah um, they've have been covered over all year and now there's no fruit we've uncovered it we'll probably make a proper fruit cage next year um to really sort of look after them a bit better yeah but but yeah they've done extremely well yeah so have you you said you made jams out of this yeah. Have you ever made jams before? Or um, I did last year, but I haven't typically been a jam-making person until yeah. I've had an allotment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was amazed how easy it was to do, really. Yeah. And so we made loads and loads of jam last year, which we're still eating, and I've made loads this year. And, of course, it's better than what you can ever buy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't eaten shop-bought jam for at least two years. Yeah, yeah. I... I found out when I first made jam it was just so easy and tasted so much better yeah and I know talking about diets is quite a popular thing at the moment and jams is probably not the healthiest thing to eat jam just makes you feel comfortable and at home really so everyone should have at least two pots of jam I'm sure but what I also take away from that is that when you make your own jam you suddenly realize just how much sugar goes into it because it is 50 50 50 percent jam 50 percent fruit so definitely a surprise the first time (laughs) (laughs) so moving on from that we've got these sort of 
net structures over what obviously are some brassicas. What's what's the idea here? Right. Um, well, to keep caterpillars off, really. Yeah. Uh, well, keep the butterflies off. But um, um, I, I had to take a picture when I planted these to remind me what they were. Right. Um, and I'm trying to remember what they are now. I know we've got cabbage and um, possibly broccoli there. I was thinking yeah. that looks like broccoli. And we've got some sprouts and purple sprouting in that other one. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sprouts step right down at the end. Though. Yeah, I just I can't see any of the purple sprouting. Well, it might be this. Right. Either that or it's another broccoli. Yeah, keep an eye on it because yeah. normally purple sprouting does look purpley. So <laughs> this all looks green. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Like it could be just a variety, and then you could end up with purple, purple sprout and broccoli, of course. But keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. And we got cabbage over there, red cabbage and white cabbage. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, about with structures using the old water pipes. Um, again, you know, having things laying around on the plot in the messy corner, you, know, you, you, you suddenly pick the bits you need and you make use of them, like these pipes and the, yeah. and the netting. They probably need to go a bit higher at some point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've also noticed your cabbages, you've actually put inside like a, a wooden box around them and then you've laid over the, the netting, which that's quite nice and tidy and organised. Yeah, again, I think I saw someone else do something very much similar. Yeah. And it just saves on, on this whole making a structure to, to put netting, because cabbages aren't going to get massive. No. Um, so if you've got these sort of pallet collars, one on top of the other, and then the netting, it's, it's, it's you know, a pre-built thing for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah, simple as well. And yeah. I've got to say, I mean, your cabbages actually look really, really healthy. I tend not to net any of mine because I get annoyed with nets. Yeah, and I get really annoyed with nets, which is why <laughs> this is, is is a lot nicer. If I could find some more pallet collars, I'd be doing it a bit more, but yeah. I'll have to look after these because, as you can see, they're quite they awesome. Are, <laughs> they are starting to rot, yeah. yeah but, yeah, I, I actually really like this idea because I find nets, put it over a plant, you've got to remove it to get the weeds exactly. and then it becomes, uh, a, yeah. you know, another thing in the way. So, But I'm just looking, your red cabbages, you know what I was saying about the purple sprout broccoli having like mm. purple veins, you can see it in those leaves on yeah. there. Yeah, no, you would expect that in purple purple sprouting as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what they do turn out to be. Yeah, yeah. Did you lose the labels? Labels are for wimps, surely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> so, again, we've got another little bare area here. This is only a, a small area, so we'll <laughs> let that one slide. But down the bottom here, newly planted. So, so these uh, Swede plants put out at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then we, they get joined by turnip plants probably in about two weeks' time. And that will fill the rest of this bed up. Hold on. Last time you were here, last time I was here, Zoe, we uh, we had a discussion about turnips and how we didn't really find them that good. So what's changed? Because they're so easy and pleasing to grow. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I guess it is a food source. And I think we said last time they were okay, but just a bit... <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know... 
we've got this far through the year with with covid and stuff you know we how will food be in the coming months and, and everything anything we can grow if we've got the space we, we probably should try growing bit really it's, yeah. a, it's a staple that will bulk out you know winter food really yeah yeah i know i mentioned to you about carl Warby earlier as another thing and you're going to give that a try next year yeah i think i'm probably too late now to get anything this year i guess I'll have to check yeah. because we are virtually in August, so I we might be able to, but I don't think so. But yeah. I'll double check and let you know. But definitely next year, it's on the list for for planting out because they look so fantastic when they grow. Yeah, they're like yeah. little alien plants. Yeah, <laughs> and if you're a supported member, then when it's time to sow the kohlrabi, that will be in the monthly seeds uh, collection. Now leeks. These are very, very small, so I'm guessing they've just got in as well. Yeah, I think they've been in for about two weeks. Um, and leeks are fantastic because you just put them in, leave them for months, and then yeah. put them up when you need them. They, they will look after themselves quite nicely. Yeah, yeah, I do like leeks. I think they are, they are so easy to grow. Okay, I find them difficult to keep them weed-free with the cooch grass problem. But apart from that... You just stick them in the ground. And even with the cooch grass, they just grow through it. You just can't see them until they really get a good size on them. Yeah, They they start off quite fragile, don't they? But once they get a bit bigger like these ones near the end, you know they're going to look after themselves really well. Just keep them watered and stuff until they establish themselves. Um, And and again, through March and the COVID stuff, we were living off of leek and potato soup from what we had taken from the allotment. A fantastic crop. Looking at how you planted your leeks, did you literally just dib a hole with your dibber and then drop the leek in? You got your dibber right yeah, there, yeah. an old spade <laughs> handle that you've sharpened to a point. Yeah, um, we found this on the plot, and I think it's actually, you know, someone's actually put a proper metal end on. Right. Um, so this is one of those tools that's probably very old and will carry on being very useful. Yeah, yeah. I do think that's, uh, that's the other thing I love about leeks is just, okay, when I do plant my leeks I get a bit fed up because I do about 300 of them <laughs> and doing hole drop hole drop yeah, does get a yeah. bit tedious but once they're in that's it that's it yeah you, so, you could probably build a contraption that will put all the holes in row by row I have thought of that <laughs> I could just walk along that exactly. stamp them in yeah yeah now we're coming to the end of your little plot here but what have we got carrots a row of carrots? Yeah, a, a row of late carrots here because the ones in the garden, um, they started off well, but yeah. they seem to have suffered probably because lack of space and air going through, I think. Um, so I, I put some, sowed some seed last month here just so we had some more carrots. There's also a few celeriac plants in there as well. Oh, right. um, unfortunately, we grew a lot of those from seed when planting them out and then it must have been the hottest day of the year the yeah. next day and most of them just frazzled which was so annoying but yeah. a few of them survived so um, I think there's about four in there which which will do us yeah okay. yeah but you you say you only planted your soji carrots a month ago yeah I think so yeah, yeah. they're looking because they've come up very well they? yeah they're about six inches tall nice green lush foliage again so you're obviously quite on with your watering up here and 
but yeah, they, they I'm surprised they're only a, a month old. That's that's really really impressive. I think it was very good soil we had in here in, in that because we'd had potatoes in there, I and mean, I'd mixed in a load of um, rotted down manure. So it's very sort of nice and warm and yeah. and, and quite a nice place to be a seed, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there you go, there you go. Now, is that fennel I can see or is it something else? No, that's, that's fennel, that, which we've never grown. Um, and I think it's probably a little bit behind at the moment. Um, I'm not even sure if we like to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I grew fennel years and years ago in a pot. And we found it grew back the following year, so we didn't worry too much about it. But I stopped growing it because we didn't eat it. We didn't like it. It's quite aniseedy. And... We, we see how we go. But again, just a fantastic-looking plant, really. Yeah. Um, so it, whether we eat it or not, the fact it just looks like that is, yeah. is, is a great thing to have on, on the plot. Yeah, because they've got this like fern-like appearance. And it, in some ways, they look a bit like asparagus, mm. except for that root. Or oh, I can't think of another example, but... It, I do agree, they do look pretty. I mean, once we grew at home, they did get about six foot yeah, tall. Yeah. But even then, I can hear there's, uh, in Roman times, there was fennel that was even taller than yeah, that. Yeah. No, it should be interesting. Um, I've, I've wanted to grow it for ages because of what it looks like. Yeah. And we'll see whether we like eating it. Well, we'll see if they sort of swell out a bit and become viable as well. Yeah. But they've been very slow with you know, I planted those months and months and right. months back, so they've they've been very slow to get that size. Yeah, I do. Th- like I said earlier, I think this year has just been a challenging year, not just because of COVID, but a million and one things that have just caused everyone a lot of problems. Now, down towards the end of this, couple of gooseberry bushes and rhubarbs plants, and uh, some sort of cherry tree. Yeah, well, cherry tree, which I hate to say, is probably going to be chopped down this year right because you saw a number of cherries we had <laughs> at, at, home. at home this has never really bared any fruit and I, I i'm not i'm undecided about fruit trees on, on allotments because you know we haven't planted this tree and you can see other trees around as well but they're quite a commitment on a plot that mm-hmm. will outlast the person who's got that plot and i always wonder whether it's right to, to plant such things um, because it shapes, you know, your, your plot for for generations to come, really. Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. My old allotment had an apple tree yeah. on that plot, and we refused to get rid of it. It bore loads of fruit, but it was in the wrong place, and so I know exactly what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I think that will go. The gooseberry bushes, unfortunately, this year we didn't get to cover them properly, so we had had no fruit the birds had those this year but when they die back in the winter months we're probably going to move them over to the rest of the fruit so we can build a proper cage over over everything i think they should probably transplant hopefully okay yeah yeah they do actually very easily and then that gives us more room to plant more rhubarb because because everyone loves rhubarb and we we haven't got enough (laughs) (laughs) so Obviously, we've gone throughout this little tour and we've reached the end of your allotment because it is a pretty small allotment site, plot. Um, But last time we were in your garden at home and that was lovely and it's great to see you've actually adopted the the growing at home ethos as well as here. How have you found growing in both areas? 
Um, it's, it's a different mindset in a way, and it's sometimes easy to ignore one and, and focus on, on the other one. Um, but I, I have to keep it clear that, especially now, my thinking for next year, this, this allotment plot is very much an industrial piece of land where grow some of our staples, some of the bigger cabbages over winter, um, all the big bulky sort of bits. Um, and whether it looks pretty or not, and you know, I try not to make it look too much of a mess, <laughs> it's not a garden, it's a, it's a site that's given us food, if, right. if you like. Um, whereas the garden has got our more delicate f- fruit and veg that we want to pick and as we need it, and has to look slightly nice as well because it is a garden. Yeah. Um, so I have found myself sometimes focusing more on the garden than on the plot, but I'm starting to get that balance a bit back now, and, and I think the weather, like this evening, is really nice. It sort of helps yeah. when it's been really cold and rainy this summer. Uh, yeah, it hasn't just been, just hasn't been nice at the allotment. You know, it's been windy and yeah. <laughs> and unpleasant. So, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, this is this is the business end. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what you have here is this amazing view, and I've said this many times when we come up here. Just look out, and you can just see that sea. Uh, just yeah. in the distance it's such a lovely view which i can see why you would come down here in the evenings or early mornings early morning at the weekends when i come down if it's a summer's day the sun comes over the trees you have a cup of coffee and, and stuff and it's just fantastic up here yeah. um, before everyone else sort of comes up yeah yeah fantastic well thank you so much for having me back on your allotment site it's, it's great to see how your mind is changing as you develop though and how things change and i think a lot of us are finding out this out this year i certainly have myself well we will be back again no doubt because it's uh, great to keep seeing these familiar allotment sites and see what we can learn and the fact that i've actually taken stuff away from here to <laughs> to do in my own allotment to beat my damn chickens is fantastic yeah, good luck on that. <laughs> <laughs> do you still have your blog up and running i do um sunflower.molville.co.uk um, it's it's where i just drop down everything i've done on each visit um, I also jot down what we've harvested as well, yeah. just to remind myself, really, and to, to view the photos that I take. Yeah, because yeah. you take a lot of photos as well, I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's it for this allotment tour. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining me. Now, I mentioned during that bit about the supporter membership. If you want to sign up from that, it's on the website at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk in the merchandise section at the moment, but I will make that a bit easier for everyone. Also, if you want to get in touch, it's richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk. Just have a chat or any questions or even invite me to your own allotment site. That would be great. We'll be back on Friday with the final pub quiz. Until then, please take care. I'll see you all again then. <laughs>